For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wildcast podcast brought to you by Tucson.com, the Arizona Daily Star, and the Wildcaster. This is also another episode of Wildcaster Live, where we're simulcasting the podcast both for audio. You can get it at uh, Apple Podcasts on Spotify um, or video. We're now able to run it on Tucson.com and in other areas. And soon enough, keep your your uh, your ex, I guess I want to say your 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 Twitter window open. I, I have a hard time still saying X, but keep your X window open um, for some announcements. We're going to be inviting you to participate, whether that's through mailbags that we answer your questions on here or have some of you actually join us on the show. So today we're going to do a quick episode. It's myself, Brett Ferris, sports editor of the Daily Star, and the man, the myth, Justin Spears, our Arizona football beat writer. Uh, Justin is uh, fresh off of his show this morning at ESPN Tucson, and uh, the big talk of the day already, an early announcement. I think it was, what, 10, 10 a.m. Central, so 9 a.m. our time, 8, 8 a.m. Pacific. Not that anyone in the Pacific cares about this, because... Uh, the big announcement is the Big 12 schedule for Arizona football and the rest of their Big 12 counterparts, including Pac-12 um, travel partners, uh, ASU, Colorado, and Utah moving over to the Big 12 from the Pac-12 for the 2024 season. Justin, your first assessment of the schedule, you know, we, we've got it online, so we don't necessarily need to go line by line on it. But what's your overall assessment of it when you look at it and what it means for Arizona football? I think it's very interesting that they begin – Big 12 play against a former Pac-12 opponent. Now, when you look at the actual schedule, their real first Big 12 test will be against Kansas State in Manhattan. And that game will either be on Friday, September 13th, or Saturday, September 14th. But since that was previously scheduled as a home-and-home series for non-conference play, that game will be considered a non-conference game. So the official start for Arizona is against the Utah Utes on the road in Salt Lake City. Rice Echo Stadium has sold out every single home game since 2015. Uh, they packed the stadium. They have a great culture, great tradition there. So that'll be a very tough task uh, for Arizona. And the Utes got blasted by Arizona in Tucson this past season. So you know that Kyle Whittingham and his team uh, will be ready for that game. And then just you know, looking down the schedule here, you know Arizona's first home Pac-12 game is against Texas Tech on October 5th. You said Pac-12. We're going to have to get no, used to this. Big 12. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I just said We're not editing that game. out because that's part of the story here. Is it's no. going to be hard for us to, not us, but everyone to kind of remember, wait, this is this is a thing. You know, I think we were talking about this. We talked about it on your radio show this morning, how the Brent Brandon press conference a couple of weeks ago, they had helmets on the table with 24, yeah. number 24 on the back because of the year, but still had Pac-12 logos. And someone, I wasn't sure if it was you and I talking or someone else, I remember saying like, why didn't they spring for the big 12 logos? Because it's true. He's never mm -hmm. going to coach a Pac-12 game, at least not unless it reiterates itself three years down the line or five years down the line. But Well, even though they're still technically a Pac-12 opponent, you still see uh, teams in the conference, they're already getting ready for their next chapter. Like USC yeah. and UCLA, if you see their recruits, Oh, they did it like week one. Yeah, big 10 patches. yeah they're like, we're yeah. moving on from this. Um, so, yes, the Big 12, the first official Big 12 home game for Arizona 
will be against Texas Tech. And these two teams have a pretty solid history. Uh, They were border conference rivals. Arizona would go to Lubbock all the time and vice versa. And Arizona, I mean, I would say that Texas Tech has had Arizona's number in the border conference. I was looking at their all-time record, and it's 5-26-1. So Texas Tech dominated Arizona in the border conference. It's really cool to see them renew that rivalry and kick things off in Tucson. And then Arizona goes to BYU. They have home games against Colorado, West Virginia, road game at UCF in Orlando, a home game against Houston. They go to Texas at TCU in November, and they wrap up the regular season per usual against Arizona State in the Territorial Cup game. So just looking at the, the schedule, Brett, I mean, I know that there are a lot of good teams, teams that are going to give Arizona some problems. And of course, you know, Brent Brennan has his work cut out for him. He's got to continue to build up Arizona's roster for his first season. But a lot of teams that Arizona's facing, they didn't have the best records in 2023. I, I was going to say this, especially this home schedule. Like I, there's, there's a catch 22. Like we talk about it with, with men's basketball, you know, you're going to see Kansas and Baylor and these teams come to McHale, but for football, you're kind of getting an interesting dynamic of teams that Arizona I'm not, I'm not trying to predict this, but if Arizona gets off to a good start and things get Arizona could run the table at home with this schedule. If they play, you know, there's ASU is going to be better than they were, but it's still an an upswing growing team. Uh, NAU and New Mexico, Arizona should be favored. Texas tech was a a seven and six overall team, roughly a 500 team, five and four in conference play. I think last year, Um, uh, Houston won two conference games, finished three and nine. Um, Who am I missing here? Um, that might be oh Colorado, Colorado, you know, another team that was at the bottom of the conference, but working to be to you know to build back up. So not an easy win by any stretch, but just competitive teams that, or at least in Arizona sense, competitive. West Virginia is probably the best team out of that bunch. And they were nine and four um overall, six and three in conference play. So I, I think the home schedule shapes up nicely for Arizona to knock off some wins um and and add to a likely bowl eligible season. And you don't have to face Oklahoma State, which is the a 10-win team from this past season. And if, if Arizona has any opportunity to play Oklahoma State in 2024, it'll be for the Big 12 championship game at Jerry's World in Dallas, Texas on December 7th, I believe. Um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for Arizona because you're used to Arizona for, again, we're only talking basketball, but I know it's happened with football 10 years ago in, in San, in the Bay area, but, um, but Arizona never really got that home home advantage from a football championship setting. If they would have made it to Vegas, probably, you know, for the last handful of years, but they do, they do for basketball, but Jerry world, if Oklahoma state is the team, that's a three and a half hour drive from Stillwater. So it's, uh, it, you know, an interesting dynamic for Arizona to uh, to have to to wander into this territory of the country, you know, the central part of the country and realize that they're not the local team anymore like they have been out west and and in Nevada and places like that. And also, you know, Arizona basketball, too, kind of got a little bit of a, a taste of what it's like to play in the Big 12 a couple of years ago in the, in the NCAA tournament when they went out to San Antonio and they played against Houston. And I was really curious going into that game, you know, what is the the ratio of Houston and Arizona fans going to be? And there were a lot more Houston fans than Arizona fans. U of A fans travel well. They always do. But Houston had a lot of fans in attendance for that game. And honestly, like, I think Arizona fans really have to brace themselves for that. 
uh, especially basketball. You know, Arizona is so used to going to every single arena in their conference's footprint and just dominating. You could hear U of A chants echo throughout the arena. That's not going to be the case in basketball anymore. And that's certainly not going to be the case in football because there are a lot of schools in the Big 12 footprint that have a lot of great traditions and pretty strong fan bases. It's funny looking at the schedule. You know, Arizona's got, um, you know, a typical, it looks like I'm, I'm trying to do the math of in my head as we're looking. It looks like a typical six and six breakdown of home and road. Is that right? Um, yeah, if you include, obviously, non-conference play. Actually, uh, seven. Seven home games. Yes. So seven and five. And um, I was looking at, like, I was looking at, like, ASU schedule last year. I think ASU had eight home games last year. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting to see how these things kind of balance back out. And not that it's a comparative between the two, but ASU coming to Tucson. It is Thanksgiving weekend. November 30th seems late in the month, but Thanksgiving is the 28th based on how it falls. So, um, I was originally thinking maybe it was that weekend before that they'd be on the road, but it's not. It, Thanksgiving is the 28th um, and uh, and that game against ASU. Um, it's I, I think this is a very positive schedule. I think Kansas State is a tough game a few day a few you know weeks into the season. Utah will obviously be tough as you mentioned that but that's sort of the toughest two week stretch of the year, probably. you know, maybe some combination of Texas Tech and BYU or BYU and Colorado just because it's in Provo, but uh, but I, I think the schedule shapes out to have some balance that if Arizona does hiccup a little bit, they they aren't going to all of a sudden find themselves in a in a basketball like gauntlet like U of A men's basketball did for the you know first eight to ten heavy non-conference games of the season. And, and you know, here's also another thing that maybe bodes well for Arizona. Remember last year when all the teams started in Pac-12 play and we were wondering, man, Washington State, Colorado, these guys – these are really good teams. I'm not sure where Arizona is going to pick up their wins. And then they received a spark halfway through the season with no Fafita taking over. And then Arizona went on a tear to win seven games and, and ended their season with a big win over Oklahoma in the Alamo bowl. So, you know, college football is always weird. You know, there's always going to be a lot of overreaction uh, to begin the year. The big 12, I think will be much better than it was last year. But when you look at, the nucleus of guys that are coming back for Arizona. And again, defensively, Wildcats have a lot of work to do. I mean, it was looking like it was going to be the strength for Arizona in 2024, but with multiple guys leaving, whether it's they're out of eligibility or they're transferring, the Wildcats really need to bolster up their defensive line, especially on the edge. And having good edge rushers, I mean, that could really make or break your defense. And, you know, fortunately for Arizona, they had a lot of guys that they could use uh, coming off the edge. They need to fill those spots. They need to fill the the void left behind uh, by Takario Davis and Ephesians Prysock. Now, Takario could still come back. He's in the transfer portal. We haven't heard anything regarding him, but you're losing Ephesians Prysock, and you're also losing Dylan Wyatt, who's out of eligibility. Charles Yates transferred to Old Dominion. So guys who are in your cornerback room are no longer there. Arizona's very thin at cornerback. They're very thin on the edge. They can fill out those positions and compliment Jacob Manu, Big Bill Norton, or even the, the other guys in the secondary like Traden Stoops, Gunnar Maldonado, and Dalton Johnson, I think Arizona will be in pretty decent shape. And then you look at the other side of the ball with Noah Fafita and Teta Roa McMillan, sure they lose some star power at the running back spot, but you also have star power in Noah and T-Mac. And when you have the best, arguably the best receiver quarterback tandem in college football, 
then you got a fighter's chance week in and week out. Will Arizona go 10 and three and finish the year number 11 in the AP top 25? I don't know, but honestly, Brett, I wouldn't rule it out. All right. Well, we've got another face with us. One of our good friends, teammates, counterparts, compatriots, Michael Lev, senior writer, columnist for the Daily Star, former Arizona football beat writer. Um, he and Justin worked extensively this year, providing the best coverage of the 10 win Arizona football team that you can find at the Wildcaster, Tucson.com and the Daily Star. Michael, Justin and I just kind of went through the schedule top to bottom. The fact there's seven home games, the fact that the home games are kind of on paper, the lighter end of the schedule a little bit, um, that there's some some interesting dynamics to it. What is your first quick hit response when you see this schedule and how you think it'll, not overall, but just, just your first reaction to the schedule of Arizona football for the first Big 12 season they'll play in 2024? Yeah, there's a couple things that stand out to me. Uh, number one is that Arizona does not have back-to-back -back road games that aren't separated by a bye. Okay, I think that's a big advantage. There are several teams that do have back-to-back -back road. You mean contests. they? You mean they didn't get the women's basketball treatment going to exactly. the Pacific Northwest Yo, yes, two exactly. weeks in a row? Yeah. <laughs> um, like for example, um, ASU goes to Texas State and Texas Tech back-to-back -back weeks. You know, or early in the season, just as one example. There's a bunch of them uh, on there, so I think that's a positive. Um, I also noticed that you know, of the, you know, quote unquote rivalry games, right? BYU, Utah, or maybe Utah, Colorado, or whatever the big 12 kind of rivalries are. The only one of those big games that is in the very last week of the season is the territorial cup. Yep. And I don't know why they did it that way, but I think it's uh, cool for Arizona and Arizona fans that that's the case because, that has been kind of the traditional time slot for that game. I know there have been occasions in the past where the schedule has been really wonky and uh, you have had a, a game after the Territorial Cup. Louisiana Lafayette. Did that happen one time? Yeah, it was like the 2011 season, the year that Stoops got fired. They played ASU and then they ended the season against Louisiana Lafayette. Didn't Arizona like, play UCLA in the last game of the I year? I was going to say, wasn't there a USC? USC? There was USC. a USC game. 2009. I was actually covering USC at the time, and Arizona won that game. Yeah. Right? That was at the Coliseum. Nick Foles was the quarterback. Yep. Right? So uh, those are a couple things uh, that jumped out at me. You know, we knew who the opponents were going to be. We knew what the locations were going to be before today to see it kind of all laid out. Um, it just helps you kind of to process the whole thing. Um, and it's I also, Mike. Oh, go, ahead. I, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say, it's interesting. You and I, I mentioned a minute ago, laughing about the women's basketball treatment. Michael wrote a good column about this last week about how U of A women's basketball got kind of put with this weird saddle of two road trips to the Pacific Northwest on back-to-back -back weeks. So four games, weather played a role, all kinds of stuff. I was really wondering for football, if they would try to put the Utah games on back-to-back -back weeks and have them go and stay up there for a week. But obviously with school, that's a really hard thing. With basketball, if they would have done the Pacific Northwest weeks over the holidays, that could have worked out that school wasn't an issue. But I guess, I'm guessing with football, that's not a thing. So they play at Utah and Salt Lake City on September 28th, home the following week, October 5th, and then back essentially to the Salt Lake region. Provo's not in Salt Lake, but I mean, they'll fly into that vicinity. Um, so it's just interesting to me that it's only it's only essentially a week apart in terms of football games that they'll be in the same part of, uh, of, of that area, um, but that they didn't try to put them back to back. And maybe that's the smart move. 
And also uh, another thing too is those games in Utah. Would you say those are probably going to be the coldest games that Arizona plays all season long? And it's in October and September. Not, and, yeah. and September. So it's not going to be yeah. too cold. It's not going to be. And Lev knows this. Going to Washington State in late November, where it's yeah, not November twenty, November twenty third at TCU will not feel like November twenty third would have felt at Provo or Salt Lake City. No, that's for sure, or Boulder even. Yeah, and they go down to uh, Florida too and play UCF late in the season. So yeah, that's November second. Yep, favors Arizona weather wise. I'm yeah, I'm no- really fascinated by these potential. I know it ha- it's possible every year, but you know, potentially a Friday game in Manhattan, Kansas, a Thursday game at home against Houston. I remember those games when, when ESPN had a really big, you know, Thursday night presence and would send Lee Corso to places. Remember Lee Corso's car got hit by, by, uh, uh, by lightning and exploded in the parking lot. Do you guys remember this on a Thursday night game? So yeah, this was like 20 something years ago. And, uh, I just, I I think that those kind of off day games are really great. Even though they're late night games, they're great from a recruiting standpoint. You're the only game in town. Although on Thursday you're going up against the NFL, but still. Which one of your dogs is barking there, Brett? I think both of them. There's, there's a gentleman walking out front and they like to yell at the people and say hi. So that's what they're doing. hazards of uh, podcasting from home. So you make a good point about the weather, Justin. It seems like, and maybe this is just anecdotal, but I don't know. It feels like it's true too. That that game before the Territorial Cup, always like Washington State, or Oregon State, maybe Utah. It's cold. They, there was always that kind of like vibe of, we don't want to be here. Like we are just not like really checked in for this game. A, look, a lot of look ahead games. Uh, have happened over the years where they they have not won that game. I think last this past season they broke a six or seven year losing streak of the game before the Territorial Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they just weren't focused. I think you know there could be some big stakes this year if the season goes the way that we think it might for them. And TCU is, I you know one of the, I'd say you know, upper echelon programs. Uh, in, in the league, uh, for sure, they're still only two two years removed now from uh, you know going to the college football playoff. They're going to be locked in for that game, you know, especially if you know, a, a spot in the Big Twelve championship game uh, is at stake. So I don't see any issues um, with that, which we have seen in the past, and I think the weather contributed to that for sure. You know, it was just. It's always brutal up in the Pacific yeah. Northwest that time of year. And it seemed like Arizona was always playing that next to last game up in those conditions. What do you guys think of the early bye? You know, September 20th being the bye week is that's not necessarily what teams love in some respects because they want to use it to recover after playing six or seven hard games. But but to Justin's point earlier, it does split up a tough game at Kansas state and a tough game at Salt Lake city. I mean, that, that's arguably that one of the, if not the toughest, the toughest two game stretch because both on the road and who the teams are of the season, but it's not a two game stretch because they get a buy in between. This, this year, every team in the country gets two buys. And that is be- just because of the way the calendar lays out. And I got to say, guys, I like the, t- the two buy set up i think that's it's right really i didn't notice that too. yeah it's really so what is it november players. 9th is the other one yeah after ucf yeah that's why that houston game could be on a thursday you know conceivably coming out of a bye or they say thursday friday or saturday but are you with me on that like i think two buys 
it helps. It's good for us because it gives us a chance to kind of catch our breath. And I think it's good for the players in terms of their physical and mental health. Yeah. And I think that the, the bye week after Kansas state uh, really could come at a good time because I mean, that's going to be Arizona's first true test of the season. You know, Kansas state was really good last season and they're going to bring back a pretty uh, talented group of guys. And also um, who's their coach, the guy who interviewed for uh, Washington, Chris Kleiman, Chris Kleiman. Yeah. Yeah. Really good coach and stayed at Kansas state. I believe he got a contract extension. So things are happening right now in Manhattan, Kansas. And when you have, wins against New Mexico and Northern Arizona, you're feeling good about yourselves. But I think that game right there will be the ultimate test for Arizona to see where they're truly at in the first season under Brent Brennan. And then you have that test and then you can hit the reset button, realize, okay, these are the things that we need to work on. Now let's go into big 12 play full steam ahead. Yeah. Kansas state, for those who don't know, is kind of like Utah, you know, I mean, they play a physical brand of football. Um, so you're going to have to bring your hard hat. Uh, for that particular game, you know, they have to play them each of the next two years out of conference. And it's not really ideal, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been better if they could have gotten out of that. And I think they tried uh, and they did not succeed. So they're kind of stuck playing, in essence, 10 Big 12 games each yeah. of the next two years. And the one non-con game happens to be against one of the best programs in the league. Could they get out of it for 25 or does that not behoove Arizona because it's a home game? You you want to balance out. You don't want to be playing a one game series where you go on the road at that point, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for a fact that this is the case, but my guess is no, that it's a, it's a context, you know, it's a, it's a home and home situation. So uh, if they're playing one, they're probably playing both at this point. Yeah. New Mexico is going to be an interesting one to kick off the season. Um, uh, Danny Gonzalez on the Arizona staff. Um, and Sakaili Woodard. Sakaili Woodard playing at New Mexico. You're right. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall is their coach now. Right? New Mexico? Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's a pretty hope, pretty high profile. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think, too, the, another, you know, exciting part about all this is Arizona gets to, establish non-ASU rivalries. And I think that there's, you know, a few candidates, maybe you guys can uh, chime in on this. I think Utah, I know that they've been Arizona's Pac-12 counterpart for many years now, but Arizona has always kind of looked up to Utah as a football program and kind of bullied them last year. I'm curious to see how Kyle Whittingham and his group can bounce back from that. But in terms of like non Pac-12 rivalries, teams that are going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, I would say probably Arizona's biggest rival would be Texas Tech. Nine hours away in Lubbock, Texas. They played in the Border Conference together way back in the day. And I think getting that connection uh, would be pretty awesome to see. I'm excited for Arizona versus Texas Tech. I think BYU is a good one too, and that's obvious. But just based on their – they're going to have a – BYU is going to benefit dramatically from playing – a home game against an Arizona school every year and a road game against an Arizona, Arizona school every year. Um, that That's going to benefit BYU significantly. And I think it's good for the two programs for Arizona and ASU. It's going to be good from attendance factors, all those things. So I think that's one also um, your point about Texas tech is interesting. Um, it's just uh, it's to me, part of, part of a rivalry 
includes whether or not you get fans from the other team in the stands. And I don't know to what degree Arizona fans are going to go to Lubbock um, to participate in the festivities. Um, what are you, what are you a, trying to say about Lubbock, Brett? No, I'm just trying to say it's not that close. It's hard to get to. It's hard and, to get and, to. And that's another thing is like airport access. I mean, outside of Cincinnati, Orlando, TCU with Fort Worth, you fly into Texas, man, it's there's a, a lot of places in the Big 12 that are very hard to get to. So I'm really curious to see how Arizona yeah, fans you, travel. You fly into Kansas City to get to Lawrence, but for football, for at least one year, they're not playing at home. They're they're remodeling their stadium. They're going to play their home games at Arrowhead, uh, as well as uh, the KC um, MLS Stadium, I guess, a couple times. I believe that's right. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of a different experience there. Arizona does not play Kansas uh, in this initial wave here. I don't have the full grid uh, in front of me for all of the future matchups. That, of course, is going to be uh, a big-time basketball uh, matchup uh, when those two uh, clash. But it's it's very um, – man, it feels a little more real today, doesn't it, that this is actually happening? Yeah. Um, we had the – you know, we had the opponents – released before but this is like actual dates that these things are taking place so like you got the keys to the house <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> right yeah now there's a like a lot yeah a lot of decorating that needs to, redecorating that needs to be done uh even on campus so there's all this signage yeah. that says pac 12 and at a certain point like all of that has to be changed over yeah to big 12 and what's weird too is that we're talking about this right now but these other seasons are still going Right. And they're still in the Pac-12. The last um, sporting event, I believe, the last Pac-12 sporting event, assuming that the league doesn't get resurrected, is going to be the um, Pac-12 baseball tournament in Scottsdale. Wow. uh, In late May. So we'll see. We'll see who's still working for the conference at that point. (laughs) I I don't know. I might be keeping stats by hand for that one. We'll see. I'm excited though, guys. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. And it's gonna be interesting, and I, I think that getting to experience, uh, you know, it, it's not about us, the naval. I don't want to get into the navel gazing about us being the media and that kind of stuff, but it is fun for us in some respects. I was I'm one of the people who laments the loss of the Pac-12, but at the same time, I do think new is fun. So for at least a couple of years, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and then who knows, maybe three four years, we're doing what we do with jerseys, where we're like, can we go back to the old jerseys that we got rid of because they were boring? No, it's uh, I'm kidding, but uh, but it'll I think for the first few years, and then and the new components, we're gonna be, I'm gonna be pretty jazzed for us to learn new things about some new teams. Without well, a doubt, without a doubt, it is um, it's kind of invigorating on on some level. Um, you know, I was talking to Tara Vanderveer. Uh, the other day, the Stanford coach, uh, all-time winning his coach in college basketball, men or women. And she was, you know, I described sort of the seven stages of grief <laughs> that she was going through with regard to the Pac-12. But she's also kind of like, we got to move on, too. You know, like, we get, we're we we're there going to the ACC, which is kind of weird in a lot of ways, geographically being the, the biggest way that it's uh, strange and an, an odd fit. But it's like, what choice do you have? You know, like this all kind of happened. It's to some degree out of your control um, and it's time to make the best for it. And I think culturally, geographically, Arizona fits in pretty well 
in this uh, in this Big 12 footprint. And they're also not going alone. Right. You're still you're bringing Utah, Colorado uh, and the ASU along for the ride. And all the time zones, guys. I mean, Arizona <laughs> fans, you there's a, a good chance you're not staying up until midnight watching football games like I mean, Arizona not as often not, not as, as often. often yeah i mean they're like they're going on the road to play against central florida what time do you think that game will probably kick off tucson time at the uh, latest four o'clock depending on when daylight savings time ends it could that could be a 9 a.m kickoff yeah for us which um <laughs> hey sounds good to me right sign me up sign well. me up there's logistical reasons where I like that too. So we'll, we'll end it on that. Michael Lev, Justin Spears, uh, writers galore extraordinaire for the daily star, uh, Lev, our senior, our senior writer and columnist, Justin, our U of a football beat writer. And, uh, and I'm Brett Ferris, sports editor of the star. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, at some point soon. We're going to try and do these more often. Um, our wildcast podcast simulcasts with both video and audio options again for audio go to apple podcasts or spotify for video check out tucson.com slash wildcats uh and keep reading uh, both these guys in the daily star and at tucson.com thanks everybody we'll see you soon thank you without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.